0: Welcome to Comics With My Kids podcast, the official podcast for the comicscornerbox.blogspot.com. I'm your host, Matt D. And today, we have a very special edition. Today is not actually Comics With My Kids, it's Comics With Two Dads, as yes. Lee Searcy from... Is it Searcy? I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Okay, alright. I keep, I keep thinking of the character Searcy from The Eternals, so I'm like, oh, Lee, okay. Lee, yeah, <laughs> so, just dropping out, dropping comments right, right off the bat so right. uh, with me today is Lee Searcy from Covert Nerd Podcast an awesome podcast for all of you people out there who love comic books graphic novels video games movies anything in the
1: nerd culture
0: well Lee thanks for joining me today
1: yeah you're welcome I appreciate the invite I really appreciate you asking me to come on and talk about nerdy stuff and especially being nerdy dads <laughs> as if we weren't nerdy enough already. <laughs> Again, we're both dads. We're both raising uh, yes.
0: kids, and we are uh, indoctrinating them into the nerd culture <laughs> life. We try to. And, and as you listeners know, you know uh, my kids, Logan and Melody, are reading comic books and graphic novels. And so I, I reached out to lead to kind of talk about um, what it's like being a dad trying to introduce reading and maybe some of the the cool superhero morals that are in the tie into comic books. Um, so I think what we'll do is we'll kind of dive in a little bit with, uh, with, with Lee as to where, um, where he got introduced into comic books. And then I'll tell a little bit about my background. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it over to Lee. Lee, why don't you tell our
1: listeners um, your background in comic books and a little bit about your own, your own show, Cobert, the covert nerd podcast. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll just start with the comic books. I was, I was kind of late to the game, a late bloomer, I guess, if you will, to comic books, because I grew up in a small rural town on the farm in west, southwest Nebraska. So we didn't have a comic book shop nearby. And so it was pretty isolated. But later on in life, my brother, who was older than me, four years older than me, went off to college. And then he introduced me to some comics back in 1991. So it was pretty late in the game. But as, as you probably know, late 80s early 90s comics were just exploding Uh, they were everywhere and becoming more and more popular and that's how i kind of got started with one of these little packs that you can get that have four comic books in them and one of them was the jim lee x-men number one which was huge at that time sold (laughs) over 8 million copies and then several other minor, I guess, air quote here, minor Marvel comic books in there with them to kind of get the ball rolling. And I was hooked. I mean, I'd had seen some comic books as a kid, but never really got serious until he gave me that pack. And then it was off to the races. And I was into Marvel into X-Men and lots of other things, but we can get into that later. But uh, the, yeah, and the podcast just kind of talks a lot about nerdy things. It's a lot of nostalgia, honestly, just like What we're doing today, Matt, is talking a lot about how we got into it. So it's a lot of nostalgia, too. But we do fun things like choose-your-own-adventure books that we do live and have people interact with those. I'll sit down with other nerdy friends of mine and talk about old movies or game books and things like that. So if you like just generally nerdy stuff, we try to deep dive into some things when it's just me. But other times we just do like I said, the choose your Own adventure live thing. That's just kind of fun. Yes. Uh, keep it positive. I keep it really, I, I really try to keep it positive. There's enough negative out there. Somebody else can handle that. I, we try to keep <laughs> it fun and light and, and interesting. Yes.
0: And listener, if you follow me on Facebook, uh, I've, I've watching Lee and uh, Eddie and it is, it is a fun show. It's, it's great for the kids. Um, you know, growing up in the eighties as well. I'm quite familiar with reading some of those yep. choose your own adventure novels. So I recommend it. Check it out. It's like every other Thursday night. It's, it's a fun watch. And, and we
1: hand out and we hand out covert nerd points. So you get uh, points. And I think you got at least a thousand cruiser coins, I think, or something like that. <laughs> yes. And I'm still waiting for my spider ring. I cash those in. I want that spider <laughs> ring. Exactly. Anyway, you'll have to, you'll have to listener. You'll have to, to check it out to know what we're talking about.
0: Yes. So, um, give you a, Bouncing to my uh, background. So as my listeners know, you know, I'm introducing comic books to my kids. And I started actually uh, through my dad. My dad was a big uh, comic book fan growing up, and he grew up in the 60s and 70s. So a lot of his comic books were, you know, a lot of the first comic books I read were the ones that he had collected. And the cool thing about some of his comic books is that back in the 60s, the way the distributors um, sent the comic books to like grocery stores and newspaper racks and magazine racks, um, if the books didn't sell, the grocery stores would cut the covers off, send the covers back to the distributor, and they would get the credit. But then they would take the comic books and they'd put them in like little slip cases and, and plastic bags and sell them for like a quarter for you know four or five issues. So a lot of the books that I've read were the ones that my dad had. Um, so I had a lot of those early Marvel comics, you know, like Avengers number five, you know, yeah. invasion of the Lava Men, you know, back when Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were first um, you know, doing the comic books. And so that's what really kind of got me into in reading comic books. And then once I got in into like my late uh, upper grade and almost into high school, that was the big 90s boom. Mm-hmm. You know, we had the yep. death of Superman. You know, comics were a were big thing, and the bubble just quite hadn't popped yet. And yep. then all of a sudden, it was just—it was like you know, giving giving heroin to an addict. I'm like buying <laughs> books. I'm I'm going to a local uh, local comic shop that was you know five miles away because I lived in like this no name town out in the middle of nowhere in, in Illinois. Yeah. And uh, you know, I had got a pool list and and. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like reading everything from Marvel and DC and it was just, it was great. And the yeah. best thing about it, one of the best things about it was that, you know, I wasn't a real big sporty kid. I mean, yeah, I played soccer and, and you know, anything that my parents paid for, I had to finish. But I wasn't real big in the, in the sports, but I liked comic books and so did my dad. So it was kind of a nice bonding experience. And so I think that's part of the other reason why I'm doing this Comics with My Kids podcast is so that I can bond were something that i like with my kids and so and they've taken to it like the fish to water like awesome I did, you know so it's it's been great and it's, it's it's really fun to watch them you know get into some of these comic
1: books that i've i've read myself so you had five yeah you, you could get five comics for a quarter is that what he was buying them for yeah yeah it was like five bucks for five <laughs> five five books for like, like like a quarter so a nickel a piece wow times have changed yeah, yeah.
0: and you know and, and if you look at them like a lot of the price the, a lot of the price the prices on those books were like you know five cents ten cents yeah and yeah. it it went up as as time went by sure sure and you know since we're kind of talking about some of the books that kind of introduced us to the to the comic collecting there's one book that uh, I really want to mention to you, Lee, as well as to the listener. And this is definitely a nostalgia thing, which is right up your, your alley yep. you over <laughs> uh, here. There was a DC book or a series uh, that came out in the uh, 1970s that my dad had collected. And these actually he got with, with covers on them. So, Oh, okay. You know, it was kind of neat because some of the covers were really cool. But it was, it was DC Comics Super Spectacular 100. Or 100 page spectaculars. And it actually introduced, they're almost like anthologies. They they reprinted some of the older stuff Mm -hmm. and then they came out with with newer stories. But um, one of the ones that I really, really stuck out in my head was um, issue number six. And that was, um, I I have an image of it. I'm going to pull up here. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen with you so you can kind of see. Okay. Uh, What's really neat about it is it was one of those gatefold um type of yes uh, <laughs> comics and it it was um it and i'll have it in the show notes the, for everyone else but basically it had the entire justice league on the front cover and then on the back cover it was the justice society of america from Earth Two. oh and wow it, it, and it introduced me to the multiverse and it was it was really neat because this was this was printed and written before Crisis on Multiple Earths. Okay, but it laid the groundwork for um, for Crisis on Infinite Earths because there was two stories in here. It was uh, Crisis on Earth One and Crisis on Earth Two. Okay, now Earth One, if I remember right, it was our universe's Superman, Batman, uh, Wonder Woman, and it wasn't it wasn't the Wonder Woman that you see here in the picture. Sure, it was the Diana Prince one, one that Denny O'Neill, God rest his soul, yes. uh, <laughs> yep. ended up taking away her powers and making her a super agent. Um, and then earth two was the justice society of America where it had their Superman and their mm-hmm. wonder woman, which is the classic one that we're familiar with, with oh, the, yeah. uh, the gold Eagle on her, on her chest. And, um, you know, and it had, uh, it had Hawkman and, Black Canary and and you know, basically everything that was set in the 1930s. You know, it was it was a really cool idea. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was a great way to, to set up the groundwork for what will eventually become
1: uh Crisis on Infinite Earths and Crisis on Multiple Earths. Mm-hmm. I always get those confused. <laughs> <laughs> and this was let's see, it been 1987, I think.
0: Yeah, 87 was the the yeah. Crisis on Multiple Earths, which you know was a 12-issue series. It was written by um, Marv Wolfman. And it basically took the entire multiverse and exploded it and brought everything into one planet.
1: Yep. Um, Okay. So, Oh, that's an awesome cover. I love those fold out covers. I know they're uh, like we talked about and we'll probably get into it later. It's kind of gimmicky, but that was kind of par for the course, especially in the nineties, maybe not so much in the eighties, but definitely the nineties. But yeah, is that, that's one of, was that one of your first ones or earlier ones? yeah it's one of my first first ones earlier ones it's one that kind of like really
0: made me realize that hey the comic books have a much larger world
1: oh Uh, yeah yeah exactly that's what that whole in my experience x-men number one you know i kind of knew about like i said some of these characters but then you have to go and get all the back issues and there's all these other stories and and worlds and universes and characters like well how did they get that or do that and it's just kind of mind blowing. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and you know I'm I'm am experiencing the same thing with my kids now because you know we haven't been watching the Flash, but we have been watching you know the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, okay. Yep. Movies. You know they've been reading some of the some of the books that you know talk about multiple dimensions. And you know, whenever Logan asked me about a specific comic book character, like the other day. You know, we went we went to a um, Halloween event, and he was dressed up as Captain America. And he asked me, "Well, Daddy, you know, how did Captain America get start started?" And I'm like, "Well, son, back in my day, um, Captain America fought the Nazis and woke up in 1963. Uh, but today, he woke up in 2011 or 2001, depending on you know where where you read. So what you know, what's the definitive? Well, there is no definitive." Cause comic books change and there's multiple universes and everything. So it's kind of fun to kind of see his mind kind of get, it's kind of go.
1: Yeah. There's so many reboots and all that stuff, but it's just, yeah, there's so you almost get overwhelmed. I've talked to other people about this, who've gotten maybe out of comics for 20 years, 30 years, and then trying to get back in. And it's just like, I don't even know where to start. For example, X-Men, I, you know, I, really liked X-Men getting in in got out for quite a while and then jumped in last year and it is a little bit overwhelming but even I even though I hadn't read a lot of the X-Men comics for quite a while I was still able to jump right in and pretty much get going again without much trouble so that'd be my advice I guess if somebody's listening and they've gotten out of it for a while you'll just just jump back in, pick a spot, and go. But yeah, it can be overwhelming. You see everything on the comic book store wall, and you're like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> yeah, and no, it's it's kind of nice
0: um, being a comic book collector. That if you have something new coming into a store, listener, feel free to ask questions to anyone in the store. They'll oh. be more than happy to give you a good launch and on point.
1: Yeah, yeah. you know,
0: X Men again is is a perfect uh, you know a perfect series to jump into. Um, I again, I too was a big X Men fan. I picked up X Men issue one as yep. well in in those booster packs from 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 uh, Walmart back in the day. Um, and it's it's yeah the the, the Marvel continuity kind of gets overwhelming, but yeah. once you get back into it, there's so many editors' notes and there's so much that's available. Out oh there, yeah, whether it's it's through like your library Hoopla app. Yes, which I'll I'll get into that a little later you can, you can catch up. You can kind of see where stories came from. Um, I recommend listening to podcasts. There's a lot of cool podcasts out there that would be more than happy to point you in the right direction as to where to start something.
1: Oh yeah. There's so many. Yes. Yes. Digital. That's a game changer. Yeah. We can talk about that later, but that's, that's a big, big deal. I want this main focus to be about, you know, inspiring kids to read and and comic books. Um, What,
0: what, what reason, you know, I, I mentioned it myself that the main reason I, I'm doing it with my kids is just so that I can kind of connect with them and, and share something from my childhood. Um, you, for
1: you, Lee, what, what, did, what, what brought you into bringing comic books or, or you know, the, the comic history to, to your kids? Sure. And that's exactly pretty much my reason. I just wanted to, it wasn't, I wanted to share them it was just something that got me excited when I was a kid. It wasn't really something that I, you know, pulled pulled them aside and, and grab some, some X-Men issues or, or whatever and say, you know, hey, you got to read this stuff. It was more, hey, there's some long boxes over here. I really liked comics when I, when I was younger. Maybe you would like some of them too. I didn't really tell them to read anything. They just kind of flipped through and, oh, this looks cool. Oh, wow, this is really neat. And I just really wanted to expose them to something that I liked and thought, well, Maybe you'll like it too. It's no different than a dad teaching their, their kid how to fish or how to throw a football. You know, maybe they liked football when they were a kid and I'm going to show them this and, and, and grab onto it. It wasn't really something that you really need to like this. It was more just, Hey, here's what I liked. Maybe you'll like it too. Awesome.
0: Oh, and I'm sure there's a lot of other uh, comic book fans out there. that are they're going, doing the same thing that we're doing, you know, sharing it, sharing the experience, You know, digging out the long box and saying, Hey, look, you know what, if you don't want to read it, it's fine. Here's some long boxes. Go ahead and go through it. Yep. Um, you know, one thing I, I really, I really like, um, since like 2001. Um, and that's the year, not the space odyssey, (laughs) not the movie. Um, We need the soundtrack going now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, is that he came out with free comic book day. Oh yes. And, that was that was a great way to introduce um, my kids to, to comic books, you know. There was a comic shop that I went to back when I lived in Illinois that um, my wife and I ended up going going to regularly. I had a poll list there. And once my son was born, and he was old enough to like understand comic books and, and kind of read them we dressed him up in a Wolverine costume and went on over to the comic shop on free comic book day and we got some really cool free comic books and, and some of the stuff that he got to see was, was definitely, you know, kid orientated because I'm not going to give my kid, you know, the (laughs) dark Knight returns as as, as something for him to read.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, exactly.
0: He got, he got introduced to to some, some really cool comic books right off the bat through free comic book day. So it's you know it's a great data to, to help promote comic books and, and kind of share the love of comics to the next generation.
1: Yeah, one thing that was always interesting, what I thought when I did kind of just say, "Here's the long boxes, go through them." You wonder what they gravitated towards, and so I, I kind of asked them, "It's like, well, what what kind of caught your eye when you were younger?" And several of them, he uh, well, yeah, X Men was one of them, but Infinity Gauntlet was one. They really thought that series was really cool and which was one of my favorite and we can talk about that later too but and then for some reason my younger son really liked the Predator comics from Dark Horse from way back in the (laughs) 90s from the early 90s he just thought this is cool what is this he'd never really heard of the Predator movies or the comic books and that really caught his eye so that was kind of I thought that was kind of interesting what flipping through all these what kind of all of a sudden pops out and th- those were ones that they said that that kind of stuck out was infinity gauntlet and predator and and x-men
0: nice cool
1: yeah i i don't think i've
0: introduced logan yet to, to, to the predator well it's um. in, in defense he was
1: he was 15 so i mean it's not oh okay you know, that's not uh, they, they were it was quite a bit later but anyway that's one that kind of popped out but uh in the younger kids it was infinity gauntlet which i was like hey good choice i really love that series
0: now okay so you mentioned the almighty mecca of the infinity gauntlet <laughs> and then of course there's you know the infinity war the have yep, to yep. infinity everything was dc had crisis marvel had infinity yep. <clears throat> um what did your kids think of um Infinity War, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. After re, after having read, you know, the, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet yep. series, and then watching the movie, watching this on screen, I know. You know what was their what was their impression of seeing something that was?
1: Well, they were, yeah they they thought it was it was great, but uh, I think they they were probably influenced by me. I mean, I, I liked it I, because, honestly, when. When I first saw Avengers, when they, when Thanos first showed up and and he towards the it was the end credit scene, I think on the first Avengers. And the guy next to him, I can't remember who he was in the movie, says to take on the Avengers is to take on the Avengers is to court death. And then Thanos turns and smiles. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gonna do <laughs> the Infinity Gauntlet series. I I because when I read that, Matt, I, I was like I want to see, this would be so great if it was a movie. This was 1991 or yeah. Uh, and I was like, they're never going to do that. So 20 years later, almost, I'm like, I just about dropped in the theaters when I, <laughs> when I, when I saw that. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're going to do this. So my kids, they're like, when I, when I told them, well, they, they were, they, they didn't see it at the theater. They saw it at home later on, on DVD. And I didn't say anything to them. I said just mm-hmm. let's just watch the whole thing through. And they were just the same. They did the same exact thing. They're like, Dad, <laughs> they're gonna do the Infinity Stones, you know, the Infinity Gems, you know, whatever. And I was like, You see, I told you. And so <laughs> so I just got to kind of sit and watch and, and sit back and relax. I guess I'm kind of sneaky like that. I just sit back and like, oh, <laughs> let's see if they catch it. And so yeah, they they loved they liked the movies. They love pretty much the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think they've seen everything. But, yes, we, we as a family really – and well, me and the kids. My wife's not a nerd. just a little, like I, <laughs> She just shakes her head. She's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> but, anyway, uh, they, we loved, loved the Snap, the Thanos thing. So, I, I loved it. And they loved the whole, the whole Infinity series. You know, it's the same
0: thing – Kind of true with my kids, although I haven't introduced either one of them to the, the Infinity Gauntlet um, comic yet. Okay. Um, but they've they you know they like the Marvel comic books, they like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they they totally loved uh, you know Endgame and Infinity War, and I, I just I'm like I kind of want to have them read the Infinity Gauntlet, but I know that that's that's a big chunk of of story to read. Yeah. And I think they might be they, they might be a little disappointed in the fact that within the first like five pages thanos just snaps away everybody
1: yep yep yeah is how, how old are the kids your kids
0: um well logan is nine and melody is six going to be seven here in a couple months. okay eh, so
1: nine he could probably he, it might be a there's a lot of a lot of characters so that mm-hmm. that gets a little confusing but yeah I think you I think might be able to handle it. It's a fun, I just love that. I'm, I know I'm blinded by nostalgia, so I probably think it's better than it actually <laughs> is. But mm. it's, it's a fun, fun read. Gotcha. Well,
0: you know, we've mentioned the X-Men, we mentioned Infinity Gauntlet. What, what other cool comic books did you like
1: growing up? Well, as we know, with the comic book boom in the 90s, there was Image Comics came out, mm-hmm. and oh my gosh that whole again blew my mind a few years earlier with just getting into marvel primarily i did a little bit of dc a little bit of dark horse but uh, oh side note independent comics that you know we had the comics code of authority on all marvel books i pick up you know predator alien and some of these other dc comics which are independents that don't have that and i was like whoa there's blood and there's <laughs> swearing and you know again sheltered farm kid, you know I didn't kind of understand. All, I did understand it, but I just like wow, this is a little dark. <laughs> so anyway, then image comes out. All this talent from Marvel: Todd McFarlane, Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, Dale Keown. I mean, the list of kind of the who's who in comic books at that time goes to Image and starts this company and everything is bright, everything is colorful, everything is over the top. And so that's sparked the interest in pretty much everything Image. I, you know, um, Spawn, uh, Youngblood, Wildcats, or several, every one of those creators I just named kind of started their own book, Savage Dragon, Pit, you know, all oh, yeah. of these started from them. And so I got on wet works. There's a whole mythos behind wet works that, <laughs> that, uh, Willis, the, the wet works that never would come out. It kept getting delayed. And to back up how I had to get my comics back then is I had to order them through the mail order catalogs. So you right. these catalogs, and you'd fill it out and send your check in and three, there was no prime back then listener. So you got these things like two or three yeah. weeks later <laughs> sometimes. So, uh, so anyway, that's how I got him and wetworks just took forever. It kept getting delayed. I kept ordering it, reordering it. You get something back that says, sorry, it's delayed. But anyway, so image just came on the scene and just kind of blew everything out of the water. And so I was on board for all things image at that time. It's just a fun, there's no, there's no advertisements. It's all, it's not the, the newspaper print paper, Sounds like such a stupid thing, but it's like it's glossy paper, and it's really the the ink. They really colored everything extremely well because you have that glossy paper. The ink doesn't run, and so everything mm-hmm. looks smoother. And it was just these things were just way different than than Marvel and DC at the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, just to just kind of like follow your coattails there. It, it was it was really cool because they actually um, when they first came out they they worked with a company called Malibu comics and Malibu comics had the top um, colorists. Yep. Cause what they did is they actually introduced um, digital coloring for the first time in comic books. Yes. What was so that? That's why what they was had, that
1: called. I forget. There was a name they had for it at the time. I, I should have looked that up, but <laughs> you know, I should have too. I, I, yeah, but I, I know it was a, uh, it was a top tier computer
0: program that was written. I mean, like the programmers at Malibu, work hand in hand with the colorists to create this 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 program. And so um you know and there's there's I, I think I'll go into a deep dive like in another episode about Malibu Comics because they have a rather interesting background. But you know they created this program to, to color the comic books so they can print on the higher glossy picture, which was great for these independent books because now they can compete with Marvel and say, hey look, we have a higher quality book. You know, our papers are glossy, our our images are you know
1: uh, you know, our, our, our images are our own, oh, Yeah. You know, we, yeah. You know, <laughs> they did uh, it, it, Then they raised, I remember at that time, they had to Marvel had to start offering comics on the glossy paper. You had to pay a little bit more to get it or you could buy the cheaper newsprint.
0: Right. Yeah. We, they had their, they had their direct market and they had their newsstand and the direct market was like higher quality, um, paper as, and, and covers. And, and of course, you know, it was like, okay, well, I could pay the 25 cents cheaper on the newsstand, but yet the direct market version, it, it, it was a higher quality and I didn't have to worry about it being stuck in a spinner rack. Yeah. Um, sidebar, uh, so spinner racks for people who aren't aware, you know, the younger yeah. generation, um, a, a spinner rack was something that usually was at a bookstore or a grocery store. And, Basically, it was this long tower with little racks in it that, had held, that held the comic books, and it could spin 360 degrees,
1: so you could see all the different books that were available on,
0: on that month.
1: So Yep. The, the world of spinner racks. But yeah, image <laughs> image really caught my eye, and really, I think, as far as the industry goes, really forced the industry, Marvel, DC, the big two, to up their game a little bit on quality. Not just on paper. Yes. Paper was part of it, but just the pool—the <laughs> pool of talent. And I've talked about this on on other podcasts or well, with other people. Just the pool of talent that Marvel had at that time was just astounding. Yeah,
0: it was. I mean, you, you know, you had you had Jim Lee on X Men. You had Mark Silvestri on Wolverine. You know, there's all these guys that were at the time. They were like the. They were like the. Um, they were like the you know the, the rock and roll artists, yep. and yep. and it was like the big boom, and, and all of a sudden they're like, hey, we're not getting paid as much as we should be. And they went off and they started their own their own thing. They had their own um creator-owned titles, and you know there's several of them that are to this day are being issued, published, like Spawn and Savage Dragon. I I still read those. I still get subscriptions yep. to them. You know, I, even though Todd mcfarland isn't completely drawing the issues anymore, I still read it because it's it's a good story.
1: Mm-hmm yeah yeah that was just blown away so it's like comic book excitement 2.0 at that point because not that i was upset with marvel but it's just this this whole thing just blew up it was like this is totally cool i love this stuff
0: yes right right there with you
1: um you know and and
0: it was neat because you know marvel and dc had their superheroes and they had their their storylines that were geared more with the comics code whereas with image and, and dark horse i think you had more more uh, adult kind of stories yeah you know they were not like backroom kind of adult but no, like, no more like mature yes
1: thought out storylines you know it, i mean yeah and they were all since these were newer companies they didn't have to adhere to a certain storyline that had happened 20 years ago so they were in control especially with image they were the creator controlled so they got to decide what was going to happen so they had i think a little more flexibility with with the the titles or with what they could do with the characters there we go yeah Yeah, they didn't have
0: their characters didn't have the big continuity
1: yeah there Um, you go continuity
0: (laughs) yes uh so let's see um I talked about some talked about some of your books. So just to kind of bounce off of, uh some of the some of the things that that I was kind of wanted to address is that um introducing comic books to kids today is you know comic books have, have changed since we were growing up. You know, we liked like I said the image had more adult themed storylines, you know, more you know conceptual stuff that was geared towards older readers nowadays comic books tend to do kind of both there's there's certain avenues that's more kids related Mm -hmm. and so the the medium has had to change to try to introduce kids to comic books and so now there's been a lot of um i know like for dc they've been coming out with uh, the dc kids line and uh one of the things that i kind of helped introduce my kids to comic books is to pick up like uh dc's uh teen titans go yep um teeny titans Um, and and what's nice is now that we're moving into more of a digital age. There's also the ability to read these comic books digitally. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a, there's a program out there called hoopla that I like to use as well. And it's great because it's, it's tied to your local public library. Um, I, I totally stand by supporting hoopla, supporting the local public library because without libraries, without books to read, you know, we as a society cannot become smarter or mature. You know, we, we need our libraries as much as we need our schools. Yes. Um, and so I, I would recommend that to, to any listener, go to your local public library, get yourself a library card and check out the hoopla app. Yes. Um, you'd be amazed as to what, as to what you can get, what you can read. I mean, I power up the, the tablet and I sit there with, with my daughter or my son and we'll go through and we'll read a, read a book. Um, and you know, uh, it's 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 just it's kind of neat because you can you can get a lot of kids oriented stuff through the through the Hoopla app.
1: Yep, and the best part is it's free. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Dads like the yep. f word. Free. <laughs> free.
0: I, I, why would I want to? Why? Why should I buy buy a trade paperback? That you know. Don't get me wrong. I love trade paperbacks. Yeah. I love collecting the, me, the the paper medium. Yeah. But you know, if I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show something to, to Lee here. Now, we have a box of comic books that you have for the kids. And, you know, they're, they're the kids' comics. So they, these comic books make the old TV guide look <laughs> pristine. Yes. So I'm going I'm to hold this up here. Okay, so this is, this is Teen Titans Go! Issue 1.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, and as you can see, the, the cover is about ready to be...
1: Oh off, yeah. Yep. You
0: know? Yep. And again, it was, it was a free comic book. So you know, the co- the, ki- the comics I get for my kids, I know they're gonna be reader copies. So yeah. you know, Logan will read it, you know, voraciously, and then it's like, okay, well, I'm done with it. You know, Daddy can of put it in a bag or a board. I'm like, you know, buddy, it's it's your comic book. If you don't want to put it in a bag and board, that's fine. Just throw it. We'll, just throw it in that box over there. And so you know, we have I have an old diaper box. Diaper boxes <laughs> are great for collecting. If you don't want to spend the um the the eight seventy-five or whatever they are out now for, yeah. for uh short boxes or long boxes, grab grab yourself a diaper box, like 42-count diaper box,
1: throw a reader copies in there. That's awesome wow. that you know it's, 42 it's count great. diaper box works. That's <laughs> spoken like a true dad. Oh my gosh, you just nailed it, right. Matt.
0: <laughs> so
1: but yeah, and
0: because of because the digital hoopla app, you know. I don't have to buy, you know, you know, nine ninety or $2.99 comic book yep. for my kid to read something that I, I'm not sure he's going to like right away. Yep. Now, so we'll, we'll try it out digitally. And if he likes it, then well, maybe I'll go back and get some of the back issues so he has a physical copy if he wants to read it. So, yeah, it's, I don't want the physical medium to go away. I love collecting comic yep. books. I love holding the physical book in my hand. But, you know, when it comes to something that, that I want to introduce something to my, my kids,
1: Well, the the great thing about digital is, you know, we're not, I mean, luckily you had the privilege of getting some of those old sixties and seventies comics to read, but you know, we're never going to be able to get and read issue Fantastic Four, number one through 20 or Spider-Man, you know, number 10 or Avengers number 18. So digital is literally the only way to, to read some of those. And so that's something exactly. we can take advantage of and see some of the early pioneers of the comics and at least be able to read them and, and experience them. Yes. Yeah. And, and it is kind of neat that there's that,
0: there's that ability to, to, to see some of the, the classic stories and, you know, people that are writing comic books now are the same people that have collected comic books before when, when they were younger. And so they're taking some of those stories and they're yeah. kind of like spinning them around and changing them. Um, and one of the guys that, that I really, uh, I really enjoy reading with Logan is uh, a guy by the name of Art Balthazar. And Art is in his fifties. He's read a lot of the classic comic books. You know, he wrote, um, he wrote superpowers. Yep. He wrote teeny Titans. He wrote, um, Grimm's Island. And these are all books that I, that I introduced my son to. And, if you read his superpowers it's it, it reminds me a lot of the 1980s superpower series written by Jack Kirby when Jack Kirby was on was on DC so there's a lot of winks and nods to that so oh. as I'm reading this with Logan there's like little side jokes and gag jokes that that are geared towards you know the the, the, the nerd culture that the, the kids that read them first time around
1: well yeah that's that, and that totally makes sense that these artists now would be doing that. And you see it. There's a reason. Well, there's a reason why we saw the Infinity Gems in the movies, because the guys that were reading, guys, gals that are writing and producing these movies are the ones that read that stuff in the in the late 80s, early 90s. And so that's why you're seeing a lot of the, the, the storylines that they're grabbing onto are from that era. That's my opinion. Yeah. That's not... Not fact, but there's a reason why a lot of those guys are and gals are, are writing that stuff. They're in the power positions now, and that's what they grew up on. Yeah, and it's it's you know it's
0: maybe it's catering to the fandom, but it's it's always fun, you know. It's you get those negative naysayers who are like, oh well, you know, Thanos should have snapped his fingers in the first Avengers movie, and then you know the next two should have been about. No, no, you know what? Just enjoy what you can. You know, you're seeing
1: yeah. You're seeing a nine foot Thanos on the on big screen. Uh, it's the, it's the only only criticism I have is that we did not see the Thanos Copter. Mic drop. <laughs> you have to have the Thanos copter from the seventies. So if you don't know what that is, listener, just Google Thanos Copter and you'll know what I'm talking about. It's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> it's about as bad as the spider bug. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, why
0: does Spider-Man need a need a dune buggy? Well,
1: why does Thanos need a copter? <laughs> and call it the Thanos copter. I mean it's not just a helicopter, <laughs> it's a Thanos. So, so so Thanos, you have a helicopter? No, I've got a Thanos copter. <laughs> I guess. Anyway, it's hilarious. But see, that's what the old comics. You can go back and read that. It's kind of corny, but it's still, it is what it is. That's that's the product of its time.
0: Uh, gosh, there's a, there's another podcast I listen to, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote them, but uh, you know, comics should be um, goofy. You know, it yeah. it it's it, it, I mean, look at the medium. It's you know, look. It's the people it's, writing them. I yep. mean, it was it was meant to be goofy and fun and entertaining, and and that's you know that's what I want to see my kids have. It's just fun and entertainment
1: from from the book. It's it's escapism. It, you you don't I don't want a story about you know, struggling, you know, as a kid struggling with my homework and, and uh, not being able to go to the prom or something like that. I mean, that's part of it, but I want to be able to be Spider-Man, put on my suit, shoot some webbing, save the girl, get rid of the bad guy, you know, something that I can't do in real life. That's the whole point. And so that's, that's what's the fun of it.
0: And still managed to stop and get milk for Ant Man. That's right, <laughs> exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. Because you have
0: a little bit of slice of life in. Yes, world. yes, just enough escapism that it, it, it doesn't take you down. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the whole point, you know. So that that's what that's why comics are fun. You get to be the superhero for a little while.
0: Well, now that we've kind of talked about a lot of these different ideas and stuff, um, what what comic books would you recommend uh, to this audience, um, from what you introduced your kids to, like you know, your, your kids are obviously older than mine. Yeah. You know, you're just, so you've already gone through the steps. You've you know already probably introduced them to some of the Teen and stuff. But, yeah. But you know, for someone who's you know got like a 15 year old, 13 year old, um, what what would you recommend to them, or even to me? You know, as my sure. son gets older and my daughter gets older would you recommend as a as a good reading for them um, uh,
1: in the comic book world i really like your idea of the digital the hoopla so I, w- I would start personally with the library you know they have physical copies there too that you can check out and they have a kid section at least ours does has a kid section that has a lot of trade paperbacks i would take them there first and just say well here's a bunch of them do you know do you like thor uh, do you like star wars you know what do you kind of think here's some star wars comics and then pull up the hoopla app and Maybe you can find some other content there just because like you said, I'm not going to go drop 50, 60, $70 on a bunch of comics and you don't really like them. So maybe start there and then go to, like you said, go to the comic book store. The people running those are very knowledgeable and they can tell you what, what to get and what to maybe start with. Yeah. If they're younger readers, free comic book day is great. They have a lot of kid friendly stuff. That'd be my only caution nowadays is that you have to be kind of careful if you got a nine or ten year old you may want to maybe uh, review it first or just be a little careful (laughs) because there's some adult theme stuff even with the the big two sometimes it can get out there a little bit but anyway yeah I would start with the free stuff and then work their way into what they might be interested in another question do you like superhero stuff you know my kids when they got introduced to comics they really liked they really globbed on more to they, some comics. My one son really went into comics pretty deep. The other ones more mir- miring from afar now, but they really got into Teen Titans, the TV show, uh, just uh, Justice League when it was on Cartoon Network. I'm talking about the cartoons, I should say, uh, the Star Wars cartoons. A lot. They really got into that side of it, but it was. The gateway drug so to speak was comic books <laughs> so then they really globbed onto that so yeah i would start with the free stuff and then go to your local shop and kind of see what they like and see what fits the budget totally cool my little pony um, my little ponies my kids really like the comic my little ponies comic books anyway sorry
0: <laughs> hey, that's all right i was actually going to uh it, it that in, with with my daughter melody um She, uh, thanks to Netflix, she got introduced to My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Yep. (laughs) And growing up in the eighties, you know, My My Little Pony has been around, gosh, I think it's been, I think it was even around in the sixties. I'm not (sighs) not positive, it's just my opinion. Might have been, Um,
1: they had a, actually the toys that made us, they talked about it and I can't remember what year it was, but yeah, it's been, it's been out a long time.
0: But, um, you know, growing up, my, my sister was a big My Little Pony fan. And now, you know, I have a daughter, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, what are we gonna, you know, what's she gonna be interested in? And and sure enough, they found My Little Pony on Netflix, and then I seen that IDW was was um, making the comic book, so I ended up getting a couple free issues here and there, and and she loved them. Um, She loves the comic book or the the cartoon, and and I have to admit, I sat down and I watched a few episodes. Oh yeah. You know, maybe I lost my man card (laughs) unless you talk to a brony. You're a brony, and I'm not going. I'm not going down that road
1: okay (laughs) don't give up your man card (laughs) (laughs) but um
0: there was some pretty cool storylines and some of the voice actors that are are on the show like we're watching it and there's a character in there called discord and discord is a is a um a chaos demon and he's the way they 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 drew him up he's like a half dragon he's got all these different um pieces to him so he looks like chaos he's voiced by john delancey yeah and i'm sitting there and i walk walking i walk through the room and all of a sudden i'm like hey wait a minute i know that voice it's q and, and i and I'm, I'm 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 sucked in i'm like this is q's doing this on, on my little pony
1: that's awesome
0: and then and then like three or four episodes later they're talking to this this character on the on the show and his name is dr hooves <laughs> and he's got a bow tie or he's got a tie he's got glasses yep. and i'm like why isn't David Tennant doing this voice? Yes. Dr. Who's Dr. Who?
1: Con or Matt Smith or oh, one of, there's man. also an episode, There's <laughs> an episode with weird Al Yankovic does one of the voices.
0: Oh yeah. I totally forgot about that. one. I mean,
1: it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, they got me. I know they're actually pretty good. So I, I, I have sat down and watched several episodes with the kids. <laughs> so it's, it's actually pretty good and then and,
0: and millie's read you know i ended up getting um getting a few issues of the friendship is magic magic comic book by idw again independent um yep. comic book company you know of course the comic book code isn't, doesn't exist anymore but you know they still have a, a a good standard to follow yep um over at idw you can definitely tell the kids books from more you know mature readers you know young adults and everything and my little pony that was, was great. I mean, the storylines are talking about friendship They're talking positive stuff. You know, you're not going to get like your starkness in, in the book as much. It's, it's definitely something that kind of helps promote um, a good, good
1: moral code. Yeah. To, yeah. To, to a book. There's so many out there because like you said, with the independent independent companies out there and the smaller publishers, there's, there's something for everybody not just the big two anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think, I think the big two is definitely going through, a having to go through a change. Yeah. Um, because there's, there's just, there's so many options out there available now. Like, you know, DC was hurt. They were kind of hurting there for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they're still making, making the money, but it seems like they were constantly rebooting their titles, redoing their, their characters, coming up with legacy characters and stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: to like to fit. Well, but, um, you know, and DC has a new, a new, um, management team, you know, Jim Lee is now the publisher for, for, um, DC comics, you know, before he was co-publisher, you know, know, he went from being an artist at Marvel to running his own, his own um, imprint to selling his imprint to DC, making a fat stack cash. And then now he's now, Publisher for DC Comics. I'm like, this is a guy that I would love to just just spend a half an hour talking to because he's he's seen everything oh, in the industry. Yeah, he's seen it all. It's it's amazing. Um, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and try wrapping this up. So, um, yeah, I would recommend just as as you said, we um, you know introduce your kids to comics through the Hoopla app, the local library, every yep. Comic Book Day. Um,
1: if you're a comic book you know reader from back in the day you
0: know introducing some of the stuff that you have you know
1: that's true yeah yeah just like i did i just maybe that that's another good start just here's some old stuff and what do you think and you know uh, i have a i have a picture of a from x in in dark horse comics i have a picture of it in in the notes here but my son as soon as he saw that he's like man that just screams 90s it's got explosion in the background this big muscular guy in the front and just muscles everywhere and he's like it it's it just came from him reading so many of those 90s comics that i had that he's like wow this is you can just tell
0: yeah totally it's it, it's it was like big muscles and pouches Pouchy, yeah. Rob Liefeld love <gasps> drawing pouches
1: yes pouches and no feet and there's <laughs> yeah there's a huge guns. yes well big massive <laughs> guns I don't know if I had it in the notes that we were putting together but I know there was one where it had eight different Rob Liefeld covers one had feet uh, only showed their feet <laughs> and the rest of them yeah, it's pouches and muscles everywhere but yeah anyway that's just <laughs> a fun comment that you'll get from your kids especially if it's And maybe you had this with your dad reading stuff from the sixties and seventies. You're just like, what is this? You know, you you can just tell the flavor of when it, when it came from. Oh
0: yes. Yes. You know, like some of the early amazing Spider-Man books that I, that I read, you know, it was written in the sixties. So everyone had like, you know, these really loud and outrageous, you know, suit coats and and stuff like that. Yeah. You can definitely see the times of when things were written. It's fun though. You know, it's fun to go back and just kind of look at some of the nostalgia. Of reading comic books
1: with your kids yes yes, highly hence, recommend it hence
0: yeah, hence the whole the whole name comics with my kids
1: Okay, you can introduce them to some of your old stuff, but then as they're getting new stuff, you can find maybe some new stuff with them too. exactly, like um,
0: you know I'm just going to throw out a few titles there for for listeners for anyone who wants to read including you you know. Check out like Oddly Normal. It's an independent comic book um, by Image Comic Books. Mm-hmm. Um, it's written by Otis Frampton. And I mean, this guy, he, he does everything digitally, but I mean, it's it's a great series. It's about a, a young girl, witch. Um I recommend anyone who's got young readers. You know, there's there's the Hilo book series, the Dogman book series. I didn't even talk about Dogman and, and Dave Pilkey and Captain Underpants, but there's like yeah. whole stuff
1: out there. Captain Underpants. I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah um and you know what if you want to know more about some great comic books to to, to 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 read with your kids come back and listen to some of our our old shows come back and listen to the future shows of comics with my kids because we're going to try covering it all
1: um, yeah i saw your i just listened to your percy jackson one that you just put out
0: yeah that you know what, Logan really liked Percy Jackson series. Um, we're trying to introduce him into uh Greek gods and Greek mythology in his homeschooling. So what better way than do some some fiction through Percy Jackson? Yeah. You know. Albeit it's a little hard to get him to uh tell us complete synopsis, but hey, we're
1: working on it. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's all you can do. That's fine. Hey, I struggle too, so <laughs> Part of the fun of, of, of podcasting with kids is just trying to get a, a straight answer out of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. No, it's fun just to go through some of this old stuff. So I, I really like introducing a, introducing it to them. Well, Lee,
0: I don't really have much more. Um, I don't want to
1: keep you too long because you said your battery
0: is, is running yeah. low. So uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up real quick. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this uh, this episode of Comics with My Kids. Two Geek Dads, Two Nerd Dads, <laughs> um, Comics with Two Nerd Dads. I don't know how I'm going to title this. But uh, if you've enjoyed the show, come back to some of our other shows. Uh, check us out at the comicsbookblogspot.com. Check out this guy, Lee Searcy, over at the Comic Nerd uh, Podcast, the, co- the Covert Nerd Podcast, as I retitle your show for you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I like it. There we go. <laughs> If, is there anywhere else that our listeners can can hear you other than the Covert Nerd podcast?
1: You can just go to covertnerd.net, and I have all the Twitter handles, Instagram, all that stuff there. So just go to covertnerd.net, shoot me an email, and yeah, thanks, Matt. I, it's fun talking about old comics and kids. We'll have to do it again sometime. Maybe we can have yes, our I, kids on, one of our kids on, and and we can dialogue back and forth about comics together, all four of you know, four people. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, all right, folks. Well, this has been Comics with My Kids. I really appreciate you listening. And uh, if you want to email the show, we have a new website. I'm sorry, a new uh, email address. It's uh, Comics with My Kids at gmail.com. So, yes, I actually pointed up and got a separate email address for the show. <laughs> so, uh, thank you again. And.